Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 474, and today I am super excited because I'm going to share with you a real example how a touch list item turned into $10,000 and growing with no tools used. The cool thing is this was actually submitted by one of our TASers. That's right, one of you. And I went ahead and I said, you know what? I've got to go ahead and hear more about how this kind of all happened. Let me read to you really quickly what Amand had uh, had posted in our Facebook group, all right? Because I think once you hear this, then you'll know why I wanted to reach out to him. Now, let me go ahead and pull this up so we can go ahead and read through it together. It says, Scott Volker and Chris Schaefer, you two are amazing. Well, that's nice. Uh, I followed your training and listened to every podcast you have available. Before listening to you, I had two failed products and obviously lost money. Today, I broke 10 grand in gross sales for one month, and I totally missed the Q4 sales rush with my PL product. Guys, the amount you see isn't the important part. It's the fact that this business works. If you put in the work and think long-term, because my story is a year in the making, don't do it for the quick buck. Profit margin is 23%. Those of you that haven't started yet, get started. You have nothing to fear. Just jump in and do it. I wish you all continued success in 2018. So he's totally upfront. He's honest. I love it that he shared. He had two failed products, which I don't really look at them those as failures. I look at them as learning experiences because he learned a ton. And you're going to hear that on this episode because that's exactly what he did. He learned a ton by going through this process and figuring it out. And he went back to the original way that he was starting to look at products. He went away from what everyone else is doing and did the touch list and did things that were in his life. He started looking at his own situation, his own surroundings. And it was like, aha, there it is. And he went with it. He went with his gut. He didn't use any tools actually. And he paid tools. He just went out there and he he knew what he was looking for. He did a little bit of manual, you know, digging obviously. And then he validated it and he went on. And now he's validated it three or four times. He's been reordering. All right. Now, again, if you missed if you missed the, the little theme I'm doing here, the product discovery theme, I did an episode, the last episode, which was 473, theamazingseller.com forward slash 473. I'm calling that the new product discovery 24 hour challenge. Definitely go check that out because it goes hand in hand with today's episode. And it's exactly what you can do as well by going through this process. All right. Now, the other thing I wanted to remind you if you missed that episode is I also had an announcement. We are doing a new product discovery bootcamp. This is where we are going to go through this entire process over four weeks. During this time, we are going to go through product discovery mode in week one, week two, we're going to do market drill down. In week three, we're going to do product and market validation, choosing potential winners. And then in week four, we're going to do final validation where we're going to be looking at the sourcing and the samples. We're going to be going through this live. What we're going to be doing though on the first round here is we're going to do this in beta where we're going to have just about maybe, I don't know, we're we're deciding 75 or 100 people go through this four-week training and then from there we'll eventually release it to the public. But right now, depending on when you're listening to this, if you're interested, it will be open. You can go ahead and uh, head over to productdiscoverybootcamp.com, register there and uh, you'll get all the information, all the details. It'll also let you know if we are open right now or if we are closed working with that first group. All right, but then we will eventually be opening this up. It will be totally affordable. So if you're interested, if you want to go through this process, definitely go check that out. All right, cool. So like I said, today, what we're going to be talking about, or we're going to be listening to is this conversation that I had with Amand and how he failed a few times. Then he went back to basics 
he found his market, he found his product, and now he's having a hard time keeping it in stock, which is actually a good thing in a sense because it means he's selling. Uh, but you're going to hear the ups, the downs, and kind of what he's learned through this process. Now, let me just give you a little bit of a warning. Uh, I didn't realize it when I hit record, but my microphone was not synced up with Skype. So you're going to hear a little bit of a tinnier voice coming from my side. It's totally clear. You can hear it. It's just not my podcasting mic. I apologize, but you're going to get a ton of value. So definitely listen up. But again, I just wanted to let you know, I know that my audio was was not as good as it normally is. But anyway, all right, guys, I'm going to stop talking now so you guys can sit back, relax, and listen to this amazing conversation that I had with Amand. Enjoy. Hey, Amand, thank you so much for hanging out with me on the podcast, man. How you doing? Good, man. Um, thank you. Um, I don't know what to say, man. I appreciate everything that you've done for people like me. Honestly, thank you. No, um, it's it's a pleasure, man, to be able to finally, uh, you know, hear from you. And I, I, I seen the post that you, you did in the TAS uh, group. And uh, I, I really want to dig into that because I think it's interesting. Number one, you went at it a little bit differently. Um, and I, I kind of want to hear the story because maybe you didn't start out that way. And then you said, you know what, I'm just going to go and see if there's something I can find. That's not necessarily like the traditional way people are finding products. Um, so yeah, I'd really love to hear more about that. So maybe just tell us a little bit about like how you even got the idea to get started in this and maybe, maybe just a little bit more about you. Sure. Um, I'm based out of Vancouver, BC, Canada, and I've been, running my own businesses since 14, 15 years old, mainly service-based. So okay. uh, when I was younger, I had like an entertainment company, um, which is, you know, DJing and doing shows and stuff like that. Cool. And my current, I would say nine to five is my IT consulting business, which I still do nine okay. to five. Okay. Um, that was my formal training in school as well. Um, but I've always had a passion for, for music. And I also have a recording studio, uh, which I manage in the evenings and that's nice. been really busy as well. So, um, plus, you know, I'm a family man. I, I'm married with, uh, you know, two beautiful girls, um, 12 and seven. Oh, nice. So that, yeah, that takes a lot of my time. When you no, no, you're not busy. You're not busy. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I just always had the bug for, I, I get bored really quick, Scott, to be honest with you. Um, I can relate. Yeah. And I've always wanted to be honest with you. I've always wanted to do something or find something that, um, maybe my parents could manage or look at because my goal was sure um, to like my reason why like I'm a big believer of like the reason why and you know I read a lot of personal development books I've, you know I've, I've invested a lot of time and money in myself sure to get to this point and my my, my, my reason why for kind of jumping into Amazon um, was to retire my parents gotcha. so they can you know stop working because they're you know they're almost 70 years old now and I, I, I don't know just one day I was just uh, going through the through the like I listen to a lot of podcasts sure. and uh, yours came up on a noteworthy um, and I I flicked it on and it was the episode where you had that couple where they were crushing it doing um, retail arbitrage oh okay yeah yeah I, I can't remember their name I I, I should have prepared but um, no that's okay and that, that that was quite a while ago too now yeah, now that, yeah no, okay. a while ago so this is going way back, and I must have listened to that podcast 12 times. <laughs> I, I was so mesmerized. I was like, wow, are you kidding me? So after I listened to that, I started doing a bit more research, and then you know I found some other blog posts and stuff like that because I wanted to get – I'm I'm a kind of guy who um, 
like I, I'll dive in, but I just need enough information to get going. Gotcha. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm a risk taker. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but so I, I listened to your podcast and I went out and I started doing retail arbitrage. I found a bunch of items like, you know, most of us start off with around my house. Sure. Um, like you, uh, I'm a big photography geek. So I had some photography gear that um, I, I wasn't using anymore. So I flipped those on Amazon and they sold within like three, four days. And that was it. I was hooked. I was like, wow, this actually works. And then at the same time, I'll still listen to your podcasts. Um, I've, I've listened to every single one of them, except probably for the latest one, if there's one out this week. Yeah. Um, I, I listened, I kept listening, I kept listening every day in the car because my trek to and from some of the sites are like an hour. Okay. So, and I just kept getting the, you know, the private label bug in my ear, like private label, private label, build a brand, build a brand. So I, I was kind of, you know, assimilating all this information that you were talking about. And then one day I was basically uh, on YouTube and one of those sponsors ad ads came up for a course okay and um i'm not gonna lie i i, I signed up for the course um but i didn't do anything with it <laughs> okay um, because i uh i've always had i've always i've always had like i don't know if i should say this but i've always had like a power with a problem with power like with authority mm-hmm. i never used to really do what people would tell me to do so I, I I saw the course and it was like very um very linear and very like you need to do this you need to find a product at X Y Z and and I had a problem with that and I'm like you know what this doesn't work for me mm. because if I'm doing this there's probably like a thousand other people doing the same thing mm-hmm. so uh, I took what you were teaching about a brand and that's what really stuck to the back of my head okay and the only thing I knew like I, I have no problem saying it like I'm in the um I'm in the musical instruments category. And I, and I found something that um, I was kind of passionate about, which is a complete opposite of what people tell you. And the reason why I did that was because if you're going to build a brand, there is some sort of emotional tie to it. Sure. Like, I don't see how you can build without it. Oh, yeah. So, and, and again, I almost went the other route, but it was one of your episodes where, you know, you kept hammering the point. Like, you got to find something you can build a brand with, you know, build an email list with, build a business with. And that's what did it for me, because I honestly probably would have stuck with it and been miserable, mm. which I did, which I did do the other like I did try the other way just to see what would happen. And you know what? I I, I lost money in the first product. I think it was like a dog collar or something like that or something that helps you bark with a do- that, you know, prevents the dog from barking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't even have any pets. So, <laughs> OK, you, you know what I mean? And then yeah, the, second, yeah. the second product, um, uh, it was like an LED light. Okay. Um, which, you know, I, I just, I didn't have, I didn't, the, pr- the, the products failed because of me. Cause I just could not commit to, um, providing, you know, value for whoever wanted to buy them basically. I gotcha. So you you're, you're like, basically, you were basically at that point, just trying to find something that you could sell to someone looking for that one item. You weren't thinking outside of that. Like, okay, this one person's going to buy this, but they're also going to be let in by these other things that could lead them in. So you weren't thinking like bigger picture. You were just thinking of like, can I get this thing to market? Can I get it to be ranked? And can I maybe drive some traffic to it with pay-per-click? Like, that was kind of like probably, you know, your main mindset. And then if you could, well, cool, I got some. It's kind of like Retail Arb in a sense, right? You you just found something you could duplicate over and over and over again because with Retail Arb, that's kind of what you're doing, right? You're finding 10 of something, you're listing it, they're all gone. You know what I mean? And then, I mean, it's funny. Yeah. It's funny. J- just before I got on with you, my, my son's dabbling with the Retail Arb because, he you know, he's a kid and he wants to make a few extra bucks. So I said, that's what you do. He just called me up and he's, there's like five like pairs of golf gloves 
that where you can buy for two and sell them for like 15. I'm like, yeah, why not? You know, it's like, yep. you're going to spend 10 bucks to make like, you know, 30, 40 bucks. So why not? You know what I mean? So it, it you, you were at that point where you were like, I'm doing retail art. I see that it works, but it'd be real nice if I could just find something that I could just reorder. Right. Like yeah. that, that's the, that's the, like the, the, the big thing, right. For a lot of people, and it's kind of like a digital product. Like when I was, again, our backgrounds are kind of similar. I mean, I was in the, in the, I still am, I'm a guitar player and I've done some recording and stuff like that. So I kind of, I know all that stuff. I started making garage band loops back in the day. So I could, you know, kind of tap into that market. This before I even knew what I was doing and I was selling them on eBay, you know, for like 25 bucks. It was like a little expansion pack. And I was selling them like, and, but it was, that was kind of like a private label in a sense, because all I had to do was just keep printing new, you know, new DVDs at the time. Um, and that's kind of, I think what you were looking for, but then you're kind of like, well, wait a minute, if I'm going to build this into something, I'm going to put all this energy into something like, why don't I just go after something that I know and that I could build something and kind of be proud of as well. Is, is, am I wrong in thinking that? Yeah, no, I, I, I yeah, exactly it. Because I just. I don't know. I just couldn't, I couldn't do just fine. And, and you know what, it works for people. Sure. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it totally, like however you want to run this business is totally on you. It's just me. I, I just wanted something that I could put my name to be proud of, like you sure. said. Sure. And you know, if I was to sell it, say later in the future, cause now I'm listening to these kind of podcasts coming yeah. from your, yeah, yeah. you know, the theme is like, okay, let's build something and possibly you can flip it. You know, I'm not, I'm not anywhere near that, but you know, it could be something I can build. Sure. That maybe one day someone can take it over, and make it better. Absolutely. You know, that's what I'm thinking. So, um, I, I just, I just from just from the get go when I started anything in entrepreneurship or business, for me it was, you know, it, it's got to be something that's going to offer value, and it's got to be something that I can go out and proudly say it's me. Mm-hmm. Now, let, just, let me let, let me just ask you a quick question though, and because I, I, I want to dig into kind of like. You know, it was kind of like, and I always call it like your touch list item or an item that you're kind of, you're using or, so like, then did you just start to say, you know what, let me, what am I into? Like, what am I doing or what am I good at? Or what could I provide extra value for? Is that kind of like the mindset that you started going down once you decided to go this route? Yeah. So when I, okay. So when I first started, I'll be honest with you, the, and and this is where I failed. My mindset was, I want to make money. Mm-hmm. And it was just because I want to, whatever it was, re like make enough money to pay for the course that I took. Sure. And it was completely wrong. And that was that was probably the first time in a long time where that part of the mindset uh, made me fail. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, I never, I, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just like desperation. But um, coming back to your touch list, it's funny after, because like I said, I've listened to all your podcasts, so I pretty much replicated everything that you said sure you know that i could and the product i'm selling now was like number three on my touch list from like last year nice so i think it was one of those i think it was one of your brands you were building and you're you're joking around saying it was actually one of my touch lists yep and um i was like wait a minute and i went back that same day i'm like oh my god you know there you go it was like revelation i'm like what am i doing yeah (laughs) yeah well it's sometimes it's right there in front of you you just because the tool didn't tell you or the numbers didn't match 100% or, you know what I mean? Like sometimes we get so narrow-minded because we're looking at metrics, we're looking at criteria. And it's funny, once you, and I think you're probably either experiencing this now or you're going to, but once you have that that market selected and you have one or two products in there, the other ones are gonna naturally become easier because 
you know what I mean? Like they, they kind of relate themselves to it. So now you're like, okay, what else do they need? They, they need this. Okay, what else do they need? They need that. And then you can also, once you start to build that brand, you can start to leverage the assets that you're building. So now you can go after a little bit more competitive products maybe, right? Because you're not just going after the one product and you've got, you know, like you're going to do a, a giveaway with uh, some type of, you know, boost group or whatever, right? You're not doing any of that. Um, so it, it actually gives you more leverage uh, to be able to build out that. And once you get that market like really focused, it becomes easier what the next products are going to be. Man, I hope so, Scott, because it's been a hell of a ride so far. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, this is one of the hardest things I've ever done, mm. honestly. Um, maybe because it was totally, like, like I said, I, came from, I come from a service background, you know, mm. where people pay me to come and do penetration tests or whatever it is, or you know, be on the boards for an hour at a, at a club. It, it's totally like, this is way out of my comfort zone, which was good. It's something I wanted to do and just get out of the system. And, um, you know, it, it, it was, it, it was hard. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's dig into that. I mean, if you don't mind, I mean, I don't, I mean, let's, I want to hear about like, what, what is the hard part? And let's, let's kind of, again, almost turn this into a little bit of a coaching call in a sense to where I can I can give you my advice moving forward. You don't have to be specific on the products, of course, but like on on those challenges because I get it, right? A service business is it's not easy, but you're getting paid for what you do on that one time, right? So it's a service thing. You go out, you fix a problem, or you diagnose something, or you 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 know put a new water filtration system and whatever. It's done, right? And, and you yeah. can buy fill, you know, you can refill. People got a problem, you come out, you service, you do that. I get it. You build a website. I build your website. You're done. Bang. See you later. Uh, if you need another one, let me know. Um, so I, I get that. And this business is different. But I think once you understand that process and you build out those assets, then it will be easier because, again, then it's it's working for you when you're not doing the work necessarily, which I yeah, think but... you can really appreciate because you do the work, you know what I mean, of, you know, of the service-based business. So let's maybe let's maybe okay so and just get me up to speed here right now currently you have one product launched correct i have one private label launch okay. one private label product launch yes. okay under under that brand correct yes okay and how long has that been selling um okay um i it went on sale last year 2017 in near the tail end of september um, and that was so, again, I did things differently. I didn't go out and get 500 units just because, you know, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So I, I did like half. I did like 250 units. And my the problem with my product is it's a little bit more expensive. Okay. Um, it's landed around 30 bucks. Okay. And and I'm retailing it for, like you said, like, 10, like $10 above. So 40, between 40 and $50, depending on, um, you know, how my split tests go. And it's oversized as well. So, mm. um, and because even the 250 units, I had to sh uh, ship it by sea. Okay. So there's that headache involved as well, right? For the times between. So I did it in September and I basically sold them at cost. I just, my, my thing was like, and you talk about this on your podcast, but Amazon is basically a big search engine yep. and it likes data. Mm -hmm. So my thing was, all right, let's try to you know manip manipulate the data as much as we can we got control of. So my goal was get it in and get some sort of sales history at whatever I can, but I want to sell them out. So kind of like how you do your launches, you do the giveaways. I did a similar thing, but mm -hmm. I was basically selling 
my first whatever it was 200 units at you know break even sure. i probably probably lost a bit of money too okay because i wanted to get ranked and right. get to the point where amazon knows i'm alive mm -hmm. and the way i did that was because it's in the musical instruments you know i'm i'm in the music business so i basically went to colleagues and friends which is nothing wrong with that and saying right. hey guys right. launching a product Yep. You know, you're interested, let me know, I'll give you a discount code. Right, right, right. That's, and that's what I did. And it was basically Facebook groups. So, um, and you know, they helped me out and and that was it. And then I, then I sold out within, I think it was like less than two weeks. Nice, okay. And and this is where, this is where the problems came because as you know, with inventory management, it, mm -hmm. it's, it's one of those things where you don't really never get a grasp of it unless you, you're scaled so big where it's automatic you know, retention. And mm -hmm. I just couldn't keep up. I, cause you can't, the big, like I, to, to the listeners listening, the biggest problem with this business is cash flow. Mm -hmm. You can't pull your money out fast enough. Um, so for me, the reorder took another 30 days and I timed it so badly that I missed all of Q4. Mm. Oh, my boy. Product, my yeah. product went in December 26th mm. and my first sale was December 27th. Okay. And as of today, uh, I checked before I went online. I'm sold out. Okay. So, okay. So let me ask you this though. Okay. And, and you're right. Cash flow is always an issue, right? It's always like one of those things. It's a balancing act, right? And some yes. people, some people would be like, "Well, I would love that to be my problem because that means I'm selling." Right. Cool. But there's always it's it's business, right? Um, yeah. You know. So here's my question. Like, okay, when you and I'm I'm assuming you're rolling any profits or any money right back in to reorder. Hundred percent. Okay. Oh yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. So first thing I want to go back to. So you say you're landing it for thirty and you're only adding. So you're selling it for forty, or are you getting your margin to where you're making ten bucks a unit? Sorry, um, all costs in Amazon fees, everything is around thirty. Okay, so that's thirty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and then if you so then basically if you're selling it, are you coming like are you pricing it at forty dollars then? Um, initially, um, I am I am as of the last two shipments. Yes. So I've been averaging I would say ten dollars. Like, like, like you said, whatever you preach, that's what I've been doing. Yeah. Well, cause what, what I'm, I'm doing the math here, if, if you're, if yeah. your landed cost is 30, but if you're, if you're saying your, your $30 cost is everything at FBA fees. Everything in, sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So then you're, okay, cool. All right, yeah. good. I'm better there. Um, cause at first I'm like, wait a minute, we gotta be charging like 60 bucks. Um, yeah, I know my apologies for that. Yeah. That's okay. Everything landed, everything that's around, okay. that's including all the Amazon fees. Gotcha. And okay. That makes all, sense. I, all I did was a jack. I just put $10 on it just to see what would happen. I got you. Um, I've slowly crept up since then, so I'm at about a 23% margin right now, which okay. is okay. It's, it's honestly, for me, it's it, it's it's fine because being in the like I I got friends that you know are big sellers and other stuff, and they're averaging around you know 17 to 25% anyway. Sure, sure. You and know, it's just typical. Yeah, so. and not all products are going to be. I know a 30, 40, 50% yeah. margin. You know what I mean? Like you're gonna have some, and uh, to me, this is just the first one of hopefully yeah. many. Um, okay, so. The, one of the big issues for you, right, is running out of inventory. You lose the momentum. Yeah. Once you time. get the momentum, uh, it, you, you run out, and then you got to kind of start over again in a sense, and you might have to do another, you know, discount to get sales or or increase your pay-per-click to get eyeballs. Or if you have an email list, you have to let those people know, and then you have to give a discount. Like, all that right. stuff happens. So, you know, key here is, right, don't run out of inventory. It, it's yeah. not easy, but it's – especially when you have a more expensive product. Let me ask you this, though. Did you reorder? Okay, how, how many times have you reordered at this point? Um, so this is going to be my 
third reorder. Okay. And every time I've reordered, I basically doubled. So okay. I'm almost bringing in like a 20-foot container this time. Okay. So my, but, my question is this, though, is when when your order is being shipped to you, okay, and it's going to be checked into Amazon, have you already placed your next order yet? The, the problem has been cash flow. I'd love to. Like, I already know that when this order comes in, it's going to last maybe four weeks. Okay. Well, here, here's here's what I'm saying, though. So you've already had your first or second pay coming through. So the way that I look at it is, okay, you're, you're let's say you're even just charging 30 bucks. When you get that $30, you're, you know, you're basically getting the money back. You aren't taking any profit. So you're taking all that money. So if you get a pay, if you get a payout of five grand, that five grand could immediately go to pay, you know, a deposit. Cause really all you should have to pay is a 30% deposit to get the order started. And you don't have to fund it until the, you know, the, the rest of the, the payout, you don't have to, re you don't have to really make, unless your supplier is different, but all of ours have been 30% down. So like right now, I can place an order for $3,000. I can place my next order for a $10,000 order, right? And then once that order is due, I've got enough money that came through the door from my sales that I blew out of to then pay the seven grand on the back end. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, and with this order now, mm -hmm. um, I will be able to do that. And also I went to uh, my bank and had a buffer Okay. Um, yeah, I've done a credit card, 30 days. Exactly. Yeah. So yep. I'm ready this time. So okay. once this order gets checked in, I'll have the next order basically um, ready to ready oh. to go. Okay. Okay. So, and that's just, again, I mean, it's a good problem to have, though. I mean, honestly, I mean, you've proven the concept. You've, you've proven that these things will sell. You're at a higher price point, which, again, is going to eliminate um, a lot of competition because it is going to be harder for someone else to just start. Let me ask you this. How many units do you do you estimate that you could sell if you were in stock and you were up and running? Like what what are what are you looking for? Like what is it going to be 10 units a day? Is it going to be 20? Like what what do, where do you see this um, when you're fully rolling? I think I'm I think I can do almost 20 a day. I've been averaging every Every kind of like week, it's been incrementally growing. Mm -hmm. um, the weekends, for some reason, I, I, like again, this is my first time doing it. The weekends have been really slow. Okay. Maybe five, maybe 10 if I'm lucky. Okay. But during the week, I'm doing 18, 19. Beautiful. You know, I'm, I'm creeping up to 20. Okay. Um, That's great. Which, again, it's a great problem to have. But then every time that happens, my, you know, exponentially, my inventory gets cut. Mm -hmm. So gotcha. what should have lasted me three weeks has lasted me a week and a half right and that's that balancing act too where you don't want to raise your price to slow it down too much like i'm okay with like a couple bucks here and there but yeah. but but the people that are like doubling their price just to try to slow sell to me that hurts you more than it helps you because i'd rather blow out of inventory let it be sitting there and then from there when you get back in in stock you kind of dial it back in again and then all of a sudden it's going to remember where you were um to yeah. rank so it's gonna be easier to rank that way than versus you to slow down um, you know, but you could throttle it a little bit, you know, and, and you can test your pricing at that point too. You can say, yeah, oh, let me, let me add a, a few bucks and see what happens. See if it does slow it down. Now, again, you have to let that go more than just the weekend because the weekend there's your slow time. So that's not going to really give you a good gauge. You'd have to do yeah. it like for a Monday or a Tuesday or middle of the week, whenever your busier days and give it some time, um, to, to do that. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, I, I think you're, I mean, do you think that you validated though, that this thing is going to sell for you now? 
I, I think so. Yeah, um, I do too. I'm, I do too. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to go all in. Um, all chips are in. So, um, this no. is going to be, it's all on me now, really, Scott. Like, it it really is. It I got to make it work. And there's some stuff that I have not done yet just because of time and I had to prove the system. For example, you know, um, like take the brand to where it's going to be showcased mm -hmm. in the public per se, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like I've got a website and stuff like that, but I've never really, you know, said, Hey guys, you know, we're in business mm -hmm. and I, I got to definitely work on the email list. I haven't really, I, to be fair, I don't know if this is like, I haven't had a, an opportunity to actually use it yet. Cause I've never had enough stock in so I can do blast. Right, right. So, um, but that's definitely priority for me. But could you, but could you, email. but could you build an email list even without giving away your product? So could you do it with related products that you know that are similar? Yes. So that's what I would be doing. Like, and I know it's a little extra money out, right? Like even if you just did it on a small scale and you said, you know what, I'm gonna get it out there in the community. I'm gonna take, you know, a couple hundred bucks for the prize. And then I'm going to, uh, you know, you could maybe have one of your products as as part of it. So that way there it's tied together in, in a sense. And then you have that, right? You, you've gotten people to raise their hand. And even if you spent, you know, 500 or $800 on this whole thing, you're then starting that email list and you're gonna to start to get a Facebook uh, fan page or group started naturally without you even having to do anything. Um, so that would be something I'd be doing in the back. As far as like, again, we're brand building at this point. You are in this for the long haul. I know you are. And because of that, why not start to slowly build that? And then, you know, that's going to start to really get its own momentum because you may find that your thing is being shared in other popular groups. And then all of a sudden you went from, you've gotten, you know, 300 emails to 1200 emails and then to 2400 emails. And you're like, wow, now I've got this other asset that when I do run out of inventory, I can get right back in stock and get my stuff going in like two days. Um, so I would say that would be a priority for me. That would be one priority. Um, obviously balancing the inventory and all that stuff. And then I'd be thinking, do you have like product two and three kind of in, in the background, kind of where you kind of know where you're gonna go? Yes, I do. Um, so with my product, I'm gonna do different variations. Perfect. Um, so it. that's going to be priority for, I would say the first two quarters, okay. if I can, you know, again, get, get the capital going. And then sure. I'm also working with other, um, you know, related product vendors that are well known, like branded stuff and see if I can come up with bundles. Got nice. Um, nice. Because, um, you know, I, I'm just trying to differentiate myself than just by selling, you know, some products. So I'm, I'm sure one of my giveaways that, you know, you're just talking about, I'm working with um a company now i'm like you know i, I want to sell this stuff like i don't want to just you know wholesale it from you I actually want to you know bundle it with my product because here's what i do and mm -hmm. they're totally on board with it so that nice. would be one of the giveaways oh that's so beautiful I'm just waiting for them to send me um that the product and then that i'm, I'm ready to roll so i've already like I've, I've signed up with um mailchimp i've got all the rules done everything nice. on the back is done it's just a matter of creating the facebook page you know getting now actually a question for you scott sure. like, would you recommend a like for for the giveaway a, a picture or a video what do you have better results with yeah yeah great question love it um okay we've done picture of the bundle and then what we recently did is we just created a little gif 
So a, a little kind of like a movie in a sense, right? But it's just the, the pictures kind of rotating through almost like a slideshow, but it's yeah. actually where they're not sliding. It's more of where it's almost like they're fading in and then, you know, going to the next one and then going to the next one. The other cool thing is when you do that, you can turn that into a, a Facebook ad. And when you turn that into a Facebook ad, we've gotten really good results just from turning those stills into an animated little GIF. Okay. So that's another great thing, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's a that's a great a great thing you can do, and you can test it. Now it may not work as good for your audience as it does for ours, but in ours it made a huge difference. Our cost per click went way down. We had more engagement. We had more signups. All that stuff. Um, so I would say, uh, yeah, I would I would just take that. Uh, I'll actually in this episode I'll leave a link. I don't have it off the top of my head. Um, there's a, a little service actually. Chris um, has used it, and uh, might be like Giphy something another um I'll, I'll put it i'll drop it in the show notes and i'll give it to you privately but um but yeah i mean you literally just take those four or five images if you want I, and i would definitely recommend doing more than just one image i would if you're going to bundle it that's great and then show them individually what's happening um yeah, that'd you be know awesome yeah and um, i would definitely do that because number one like i said when you do run facebook ads you're going to be able to turn that into like a video and now a video is going to be seen differently by facebook um, and they're going to act at your cost per click will go down. Um, and then probably from there, your conversion will go up. Um, so there's some cool things you can do there. And then just on the static page itself, on the landing page, you'll have that animated, um, you know, little slide presentation of the different products. Yeah. So I would definitely, definitely do that. But, uh, yeah. And, and I think, I mean, you're, you're totally on the right track though. I mean, you've got everything, everything in line. Your biggest sticking point is, is really the cash flow situation which I think you're on the right track there too, because you're going to do a little bit of a, and I'm not a big believer in going to borrow a bunch of money, but if you have something, you can get a buffer. Like you said, like we've got a buffer, it's a, you know, a credit card with a, you know, $20,000 line of credit or whatever. And from there, if we want, we can put the down payment even, you know, and then pay that when the actual next payout comes in. And then we're always like a 30 day, it's almost like we got a 30 day line of credit. Um, so that, you know, I think that's smart for you, but, Really, your biggest struggle to me is really just being able to keep in stock and how do you order your next units when you're, you know, when you're struggling with cash flow over on the left here. Um, so my recommendation there on that too, just while we're on that topic, is I would try again, if you're doing variations, see if your supplier will do a, a lower quantity or split it up. So let's say now you're doing 500. And because they say, well, listen, we only want to do 500, then say, okay, do 250 of red and do 250 of black, right? And now you're still you're still bringing it in on the same, but then you're able to get another variation in there. If you can't afford it, then I would try to just do 100 of that new variation, just so. You, and the cool thing is, is when you get the variations, you may run out of stock on one, but that will not kill your listing now because you've still got other variations that are open. And that's what we found. Love it. That, that's actually good. I just wrote that one down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, because when I mean now, I mean we we've got a one one of our SKUs that has four variations, soon to be six. And the cool thing is, is we've been out of inventory on one of those, and because of that, you know, in in the past we would have been out completely. But now because we had that, those other variations were still selling, and then we can take our pay per click, pause it on the one variation that we were driving sales to, and just point it to the other variation now, and the listing still stays still stays live. Um, so that's another thing uh, that and I'm a big believer in variations if it makes sense. And in your case, it sounds like it does. So I would definitely, I would definitely do that. Yeah. Um, 
this, like I said, I, I agree with you 100%. It's just, it's nece- it's just, it's just all on me. I got to figure it out mm-hmm. and just get it yep. done. Yep. And, yep. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, like you said, you got to take action. That was yeah. my biggest thing. Like, I, I appreciate it when you yell at me. When, you know, <laughs> Honestly, I do. That's those those I are my polite kicks in the butts. <laughs> but, no, that's the way, but that's the way I've always learned. I've always needed yeah. that someone to be assertive to say, listen, you know, if you want to get something done, you got to go out and do it. And, yeah. you know, it's one thing um, that's really important to me. So, you know, having the opportunity to talk to you about this and like actually ask some PPC questions when we get to the chance. But, you know, it, it really helps because now I can focus on the things I need to get done, you know, because you're so inundated with all these other things like, oh, I need to build a list. and. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, sometimes you get overwhelmed and you just you stop prioritizing what needs to get done first. Yeah. And I think writing down all of the different things that you want to do. So you almost create your own personalized plan and then you kind of work backwards and you go, okay, what one what one needs to be done next? What one will benefit the business the best next? It's kind of like and also even with learning, like I call it just in time learning. Learn that from from Pat Flynn. It's kind of like learn what you need to know now. Also focus, like forget about all the shiny, you know, new hacks and tools and this, that, and the other thing, right? Just focus on what you need to do next. Like what, what can you do next and what's going to move the needle next, right? Like that's what you got to focus on. I think that's our biggest, our biggest struggle, all of us, including myself. It's like, you know, there's a hundred different things you can do. I just heard this the other day. I mean, everyone hears about the 80, 20 rule, right? Well, it's actually, and I heard another guy say, it's not the 80, 20, it's 98, two. (laughs) <laughs> there's 98% that doesn't do anything or barely moves the needle. There's 2% that you should be working on. And I, I agree with that. I, I might, I might adopt that now because I, I believe that there's, there's so many things we do that don't really, they don't move the needle. Uh, but yeah. you know, there's 2% of things that really do that we should be focusing on, or at least at that stage in your business. Um, so I'm, I'm glad you said that. So just to wrap up on this though, Cause I really wanted to kind of just let people know, like you didn't go out there and you might've started that way, but you didn't, you didn't like settle on just a product that had numbers and that you were going to try to make work. You could do that in retail arb all day long. You did that, right? You could sell, you can you know buy stuff low and sell it high. That's been happening for years and you can still do it if you just want to make a quick buck. But if you want to build a brand, like you were saying, look around, do the touch list. The touch list worked for you. You went back to it almost a year later and there it was like kind of thing. So, you know, don't like discard that. I'm, and I'm really talking to people that are listening right now. Like don't discount that, that touch list item because a lot of people, they don't realize, or just even the thing that you're dealing with like right now, like, you know, I, I use my Jeep example, like I was shopping for a Jeep and then all of a sudden I'm like, holy crap, there's this whole market in Jeeps. I kind of like Jeeps. Maybe I want to sell Jeep stuff. I don't know, you know, and you know, all of a sudden this new world of opportunity opened up to me but I never would have known it. You know what I mean? So, you know, don't just go after. And like you said, if, if someone else is, 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 you know, giving you the formula necessarily, or the, you know, find this exact criteria, then everyone is going to find the same criteria. And that's why I like doing it a little bit differently where yes, you want to make sure that you can get some sales. Yes. We want to validate that, but in the same breath, we don't want to use all the same metrics and criteria that everyone else is using. Um, we want, and we also want to go from more of an organic approach to where, where is there something that I feel like I could add value to this market and where can I, where can I maybe give some of my expertise and even potentially some content in the future to help people in this market. And if you can do that, build a brand, like, 
you know, like you said, you know, selling that in the future is an opportunity now. Building these assets are only going to strengthen the brand, giving you more leverage, all that stuff. You know, I, you've been listening long enough. You know my spiel. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like when I first started, um, I, I still remember this. Like when I when I sent the money out for that first product, I knew I shouldn't have done it. You know, mm. it was like immediate regret. So right off the bat, I'd lost. Mm. And it's because I was, and there's nothing wrong, like, with people want to following a system. Like, you have a certain system, but you also preach, look, think outside the box. Yeah, yep. Um, this business, like, the Amazon world, it's too big. You can't, you can't shoehole and pigeonhole yourself into, uh, a, you know, a linear-based system. It just doesn't, in my opinion, it's, it's too big for that now. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't just you know, take a course and say, follow these steps X, Y, Z, and you're going to be, you know, you may, you may get lucky. Mm-hmm. Right. But at the end of the day, it's, it's more to that. I think, you know, what, like, and that's why I follow your podcast is because like you preach long-term, you know, mm-hmm. you preach business, you preach brand. Like I knew from the get-go when I started with this particular product, I'm, I'm looking two to five years. Yes. That's, you know, that's, that's where I am at. And that's mm-hmm. why I started all my other businesses. And, and I, I and it 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 frustrates me because, you know, we're all in these Facebook groups, and when I posted that, I had all these people come up to me, asking me all these questions, and I'm like, you know, these aren't the right questions you should be asking. You should be asking me like, you know, like how did you think about building a brand, or how did you, you know, I'm getting like, well, how did you launch? I'm right, like, right. I'll respond. I'll be like, well, what's your product? And I haven't picked one yet. So, you know, yeah. you should be asking me. You know, like, how did you decide on your product? You know, like, I, I guess my thinking is a little bit different because I, I, you know, I've been in business a long time. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's all it's all mindset, and that's yeah. where a lot of the a lot of the courses don't teach that part, and um, that's something that you preach, which you know, like, even your, you know, you've had those few podcasts where you just talk about mindset and personal development. Mm. You know, those probably helped me the most. Those are what gave me the confidence to be like, okay, I'm going to pull the trigger and spend ten thousand dollars and wire it off and see what happens. I think prior to that, I probably wouldn't just been scared. Like, you know, what am I? Oh my God, I'm sending, you know, money overseas. Like, you know, I don't know if I'm ever going to get it back. You know, you mm-hmm. have those doubts. But oh when, yeah. When when you're put in a position where it's like, listen, you know, you got to pull the trigger because you'll never know. You know, like what's the worst that could happen? You know, there's so many things that you think about. And so, you, you learned know. you learned a ton just by going through that. I mean, just internally, you know, in your own mind, how it felt and all that stuff. But you learned a ton through that process. So it's funny. A, another good good buddy of mine that uh, you know I learned of him through the podcast, and uh, he was actually on Shark Tank. I had him on uh, Andy Humphrey. You know, yeah. he, he calls it he calls it you know kind of like you're going to school for private label. It's just it's part <laughs> of the, it's part of the cost, right? Like. Yeah. You know, but he, again, he comes from a similar background as you. He's been in business, in other businesses. But if you're just starting, you haven't been. And that's why I want to bring people like you and even my, my own story and other people's story that have been through that. They understand that it's the it's the process. It's a business. It's, it's, it's a living, breathing thing that, you know, it's going to work if you want it to work or you need to pivot and find the direction and that's what you've done. So that's why I think, not even I think, I know that you'll be successful at this one way or the other, um, and, and you get it, you know? And it's funny, I just wanna go back to the mindset thing. It's fun, because a lot of times, 
you know, when I'm recording something like that, I know people are showing up because they want to hear, Scott, what's the next thing? What's the what's the next Amazon like change? What's the next Amazon hack? Which I don't really give hacks, right? I give like strategies and tactics, but you know, I always kind of reinforce that we're we're there to build something long term and we're using Amazon as a launch pad. Like that's I'm I'm hoping that's the way it's coming across. But it's funny because um, someone on my team, Joel, Joel Bauer, um, good friend of mine, and he's part of our team, he's big on mindset. And he's like, Scott, you, you, you need to start incorporating more of that in there because that's where people are getting hung up. And I always think like, well, do people really care about it as much as I think they should? But I guess they do. So I want to thank you for, for letting me know that. And I'll let him know that because that is things that we should probably be uh, even talking more about. Because I think that's one of the biggest sticking points for a lot of people is the mindset. It's just getting past that first initial thing, right? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you know, like the tools are there, but, you know, you need that. You need to understand how to use the tools and and to use the tools for your advantage, not for some sort of like cookie cutter business. You need to understand right. how mindset works. And that's, that's, that's where, you know, like people like yourself and, you know, some other podcasts I listen to, they're like, you know, like this is a great business to be in, but, you know, it's all on you. It's not, you know, buying a membership to XYZ or Jungle Scout or whatever it is. I, I personally don't use any of those tools, I'll be honest with you. But, um, um, you know, it's one thing to pay for these things, but it's another thing to actually understand what you're trying to get into mm. and what the outcome is going to be before, you know, that predictability factor. Mm. And that's something that, you know, I was fortunate because I, like, I understand how, you know, businesses work. Yeah, I wasn't prepared for every single situation. Like, I've never been in a situation where I've run out of inventory, so I'm definitely learning something. Sure. But I kind of knew, you know, what would happen and, you know, what I need to do to get done. But, you know, I've, I've, I've got, you know, I've, I'm not in it. I don't have a Facebook group or anything like that, but I get a lot of people message me just because we're all in the same groups and, you know, people freaking out and panicking. And I'm like, you know, you can't do that. This is your business. Like if this is something you want to build and you want to, you know, you know, leave a legacy, you know, you got to, you got to, you got to get the mind right. Cause otherwise yeah. it's going to be very difficult. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree a hundred percent. It's uh, it's, it's, it's hard to get that message through, but it's, it's totally there. And, um, that's definitely things that we'll definitely be, we'll be incorporating more here on the podcast as well. Um, all right. So I, want to, I want to, I want to respect your time. I want to, uh, I wanted to answer, like you said, you had a couple of paperclip questions. Let's do that on the fly here. Sure. If you don't, yeah. if you don't mind. And, uh, you know, people that are listening, um, you know, this wasn't planned, this wasn't scripted. So, uh, <laughs> I hope I can answer them. I don't have Chris Schaefer here to help me out, but, uh, yeah, go ahead. Shoot, uh, shoot away. What do, what do you yeah, got? Yeah. So my question to you is, um, I, I've obviously I've seen your, paper, I've listened to the, the podcast, I've watched your training, so I've followed it to a T. Mm -hmm. I started with a manual campaign, did my homework, did the keywords, and so, and it's been, it has been successful for me. Um, like in in Canada with that one code, like I, I do sell in Canada as well. Okay. And um, I had no idea that the like everyone's like saying the market is really what you know ten percent of what it's going to be to you. I I sold out in like seven days there oh wow so yeah i did really well there um but it was a, it was the campaign that did it i had it totally tuned um the way you guys recommend i did the keywords and i you know i was going in every few days and cleaning it up i did the same thing here uh a cost is around around 16 percent it's not nice. too bad oh that's great and um uh the question for you is i know that you always have a low-hanging fruit sort of auto campaign mm-hmm um, I haven't done that yet, but it'd be nice to kind of catch some of that. Oh, yeah. I just want to know how you set that up in terms of your bid, um, what you kind of like doing your, um, you know, your budget. 
Yeah. So I would like to implement that just to kind of catch some of the low-hanging fruit. Yeah, it's funny too, because there's actually a campaign that we did that with that's outperforming some of our other campaigns. So we've <laughs> actually increased the budget on that one to override the manual ones. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, I mean, we were like, at one point we were like, I think it was like 10 or 12 uh, percent ACOS. It was in, amazing. It was, and it's still working. I haven't touched it. I've just kind of gone, I'm going to leave that one alone. Um, okay. so you, you just don't know, but yeah, what you're talking about is you've got a manual campaign. It's doing pretty well. What is your cost per click on that? That would be my first question. Like what, um, what is your, what is your maximum, you know, your, your, what's your cost per click that you're paying for a click up to on that campaign? Uh, I think it was like 79 cents. Jeez, that's good. Um, so yeah. what I would do probably just starting is I would start low on the auto. I would start okay. low at like maybe even 15 or 20 cents. Okay. And I would just let that go. And I put like a 25 or a $30 budget on it. Okay. You probably won't even come close to spending that. Um, but this way here, I would look at, the very first thing I'm gonna look at is impressions. I'm gonna say, am I you know, even being visible at that low of a bid? Okay, that's the first thing. And if I am, if I'm getting impressions, now I have a chance to get those clicks. Now, if I'm not seeing impressions, then I have to raise, you know, my cost per click. So I would then bump it maybe 10 cents, let it run another couple days. And then right. I would see what that does until you start to see those impressions and until you start to see some of those clicks. That's how I would do it. And then just, again, you're refining. I would look through the, the, the data on the back end of your, of your search term report. And I would, you know, start to see what the auto campaign was bringing in. Is there any keywords that's technically um, competing for the ones that I'm going for in manual. I'd look at that. Um, okay. but, but the very first part is just finding that low hanging fruit. Like you don't care because your one campaign may go out of budget, right? Let's say it goes out yeah. of budget, but now your auto campaign is going to pick, clean up any of that other stuff. As long as your competitors aren't, uh, aren't there, um, you know, actively, you know, over you as far as how much they're bidding. The cool thing is though, let's say that, you know, your competitors run, their, their budget runs out. Well, your auto campaign's there to pick up the scraps. And, and that's what I really like about that. So for you, it's like, there's no risk really, right? It's like, you're doing an auto campaign. You're gonna pick up some, some additional data. You're gonna pick up some additional sales and you're gonna be able to learn what that threshold is to have that be running in the background. And you may find out that that, that, might, that might perform better than your other one. Um, so again, I, yeah, I would definitely do that. Like that would be number one, definitely do that. Okay, that's a um, question for you. Um, if you do end up finding words or keywords that are competing, mm -hmm. in that case, would you like pause those words in the auto campaign or make Well, in the, auto, in the auto campaign, you'd have to go and say negative. So you'd have to go negative okay. against that. Um, okay. But yeah, you would want to do that. Or if it, vice versa, let's say it's the other way around, then you what I would do on the manual campaign is I'd go into that keyword um, that is um, that you want to like not show or show less. I would just put it at like a 10 cent bid. Gotcha. Okay. You know what I mean? That way it's still active. It's not paused, but it's it's uh, it's probably not going to get any impressions. And if it does, you, you got them for 10 cents or less. You know what I mean? It's kind of one of those things. So, you know, like I've done that too, where I've got, you know, manual keywords that I'm, you know, willing to spend $2 a click for. But then all of a sudden I see that those are bringing my ACOS up and I don't, I don't want to completely get rid of those because I may still find that I can get them at a lesser of a click. So I'll just bring them way down like 20 cents. And I'll right. see if I can still get impressions and I'll see that I'll still get impressions. I'll still get some clicks and I'll get some cheap sales. Um, so yeah, that's, 
that's kind of how I would do that. But it sounds like you got your manual one pretty much dialed in. I mean, anything like under 20 is good, um, especially because your you know your profit margin is over that right now. So, and when you're first starting, it kind of kind of to go back to that too. Like people want to ask about launching and stuff like that. Like one of the things is like you need to aggressively be using pay-per-click or you need to be aggressively using your email list to basically, you know, get sales. Um, and like you were saying, you know, in, in the beginning, you might've lost some money. Well, you know, how many, how many businesses open up their doors and have a grand opening and spend five or 10 grand to get awareness? A lot. You're not even spending near that, right? You still, you've got products sold. You got customers now that have purchased it. Uh, you know, you've got data on your pay-per-click and you might've spent, you know, a few hundred bucks. You know what I mean? So, so yeah. what? You know, so for me, whenever we launch a product, it's not about even breaking even, really. It's about, you know, just can I spend very little money to get myself going? Cool. If I can break even, that's a bonus. If I can make a few bucks, that's even better. And we've done that probably around four products in the new brand. We've been able to launch to our email list and we were actually able, because we only discounted it, I think 25 or 30%, we were still able to come out with, uh, sure. with a few hundred dollars profit after the launch was over. So, um, but yeah, that that's what I would do with the with the pay per click though. Uh, I would definitely definitely dial that in as far as your your auto campaign and, and try to get some of that low hanging fruit. I appreciate that. I mean, like you hit the nail on the head. I think that's probably the game changer for me um, was you hammering that point in the podcast. Like, yeah, it's about making money, but it's about long term. Like mm. I know, like my fourth and fifth reorder, I'm going to be crushing it. You oh, know, yeah. it took me two orders to get, you know, recognized by Amazon. First order, I like I said, I probably lost money. I think I yep. lost around five, six hundred dollars total. Yep. But I knew that going in. I think that's really important for the listeners to understand. If you're trying to build a business or a brand, um, it's something that you got to expect. I'm not saying it's going to happen, mm -hmm. but you know, your goal is to get noticed and by as many eyes as possible. You know, in in a blast. Yep. Um, yep. And. That's that, and it's I I get it all the time. It's like, well, you know, how much money did you make? I'm, again, I, like you're not asking the right question. Mm -mm. Personally, it's like it's not about the money. It's like, look, if you look at where I am compared to where I started from day zero, you know, I got to page one in three days. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, and then the organic sales started kicking in. Like again, it's 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 those little things that that you know that I feel like. A lot of people like these gurus don't teach it's you know it's like okay do this do this do this but they don't tell you why or how or mm. you understand what i'm saying oh like, yeah yeah you, you know like like just your ppc training alone was was i was like wow you know like you're, you're going through it you're explaining why you should do this what the benefits are and it's not like you know just follow this to the t and magic is going to happen and uh, you know that, that that was really important to me because you know, like, like, like yourselves, I'm, I'm in it for the long term and I got to do the right things in the beginning. Otherwise I'm just going to pick up bad habits. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, you know, I think, like you said, I think we got to drive that point home is like, if you are going at this business that I want to put a dollar in today and get a $2 out tomorrow, it's the wrong, it's the wrong mindset. We're, we're that's yeah. a mindset thing again. Right. And I've never, I've never, you know, come on the podcast and said, you know, that's, that should be your strategy. What I've always said was, at a minimum, six months, you should just keep reinvesting. Minimum. You know, if you can go longer, go longer because the more you can fuel. Just like you. If you start making the profit on the next run, you should take that profit and roll it into product number two. Yep. Right? And that's exactly what we did in the, in the new brand. 
And, you know, I mean, we're, you know, on record pace right now. We ran out of inventory on almost all of our stuff after fourth quarter, but we still had a killer month. Um, and we just got some inventory back in as we speak. But we didn't plan on pulling any profit, uh, you know, until we seen that we were, you know, in, in a positive and that we had more than one SKU because it's so important to launch more than one SKU to do exactly what we're talking about with the variations, right? Keep that listing live, even if you run out of stock on one of those SKUs. And, and it's, to, it's like, keep it living, keep it breathing. Um, but again, going back to the mindset, yes, people need to understand that if you wanna go ahead and, and you know, put a dollar in and get two out, you'd either either do service business, like like you said, like, like what you're doing, right? You go out there and you, you find something you can help people with and you get paid for it right uh, on a service level or you go out there you can flip product do retail arbitrage you can go out there and uh, you know i've done it myself in the past uh, i mentioned my little bridge story where i went out there and found these cedar bridges that were in the garden uh you know market and i bought them for 30 and i sold them for 130. you know like you flip products like you know it's totally doable but that's not a business necessarily right uh, Correct, or, or yeah. a brand um so you just gotta you gotta you gotta keep that in mind and when you are launching your first run of product or your first order or your second order it's really to get things moving and to get yourself on the map and if you understand that you're not going to go in there with the expectations that you're going to walk away with a bundle of money in your pocket on the way out um, you're just you're securing your brand and you're you know you're really kind of getting the roots set for that brand and i think you're doing a, a, an amazing job and you've got a great mindset so you're going to do great you're going to do great. Oh, I appreciate that, Scott. But I mean, if you look at the way Amazon's changed its business from the last few years, it's oh, yeah. going towards favoring brands. 100%. You, you know, like with retail R, with all the, yep. you know, people trying to sell stuff they can, the gated, you know, the gates and the categories. It's just, it's it's wanting, you know, it's, it's actually the first business that I've seen in a long time where they're like, you know what, we want brands, come in, we will help you, mm. you know? Whereas if you're out in the public, the other brands are out to crush you. You know, 100%. You know, like I, you know, the writing's on the wall, in my opinion. I think that's what they want to see. Um, you know, um, it, it's great. I, you know, this is the greatest time ever to start a brand and yeah. get products out. You know, like there's never been a better time where the biggest, you know, one of the largest companies in the world is willing to give you, you know, the platform or the vehicle to do it in. Yeah. It's just, it's just you. It's all on you. It is. You know? It is 100%. Well, hey, Amon, I, I want to thank you, man, for coming on and sharing. Uh, I had no idea where we were going to go, what direction, but I just wanted to get on and dig a little bit deeper into, you know, like your start, but also where you're headed. And of course, uh, you know, if I could have helped in any way, which I hope I did here during this, uh, this call. But uh, I just want to thank you again for uh, taking time out of your day and doing this. And uh, any last little bits of advice for people that are, you know, still in that product research stage or just getting started and any, any little bit of advice for them? Yeah, I mean, guys, look, if you're still stuck in that product research stage, um, at some point, you just got to trust your gut. Um, yeah, you know what, I, you know, people like myself, you know, this product's done well for me, but was never like that. You know, you, there's, it's a risk. But at the end of the day, you know, you just got to believe in yourself and go out. Like, whatever you put into it, you're going to get out. So if you're not going to put anything into it, you're not going to get nothing out. You know what I mean? Like, I guarantee you that if you don't do anything, you will make no money. That's a guarantee. <laughs> That's, a guarantee. Right? That's a guarantee. But at the end of the day, like I said, if you're thinking long term, if you're thinking about building a brand, I, I'm telling you, you can sell anything. There's no limitations. It's when you start looking at the numbers, 
you know, going in and trying to figure out, oh, I want to sell this product and you're not thinking brand, uh, I think I think for those people, like it's going to be hit and miss and the game has changed. But if you decide to build a brand, me personally, if you do it right, you can you can compete in any category and you can compete with anybody, in my opinion. Hmm. Love it. Love it, man. Well, hey, I want to thank you once again. Keep me posted uh, on your progress. And obviously, if you need anything, you let me know. And uh, yeah, just just keep in touch and keep rocking and rolling, man. Thanks, God. You know, again, I want to, you know, I can't thank you enough for, you know, uh, all the information that you provide for free. Um, anyone that has ever asked me said, you know, where did you learn from? I point them to your start here page. Oh, I appreciate it. Um, that's the honest truth. Um, like I said, you know, everything is there. It's all up to you is how you take it, interpret it and execute. And like Scott says, you got to take action at the end of the day. Love it. Love it. All right. We're going to end on that note, man. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, keep me posted. And uh, yeah, man, you're doing awesome. And you've got a great mindset too. So thanks for sharing. No, thanks, God. I appreciate it, man. All right. So there you have it, right? Another great example of just getting out there and making it happen. And I love how Aman said, you know, like you're the only one that stands in your way. And I believe it a hundred percent. I know that. Like we are our, our worst enemy in a sense, because we do really hold ourselves back. And, you know, Amon could have quit after, you know, the first product or the second product, but he kept pushing on and he kept going back and saying like, wait, this just doesn't feel right. Like there's gotta be a way that I could do this. And you know what Scott's talking about, like building a brand that makes a lot of sense and that resonates with me. So, you know, there's some people that are listening and they're like, Scott, you know, like I just want to go out there and just make some money, just flipping product. That's fine. You can do that. I've already told you that, but I really want to focus on building a brand, building something that is bigger than just, you know, going out there and flipping products. Like I want to be able to go out there and build something that we could potentially sell, but also something that we can grow. And that's something that we can, you know, use Amazon to help us, you know, really launch our business, but then also where we can take our business and drive sales through Amazon to get some of that traffic. Uh, There's actually a fortune 500 company, uh, Jason bear, if he's listening, Jason, what's up? Uh, you know, I mean, he talks all about this, like they had their own e-commerce channel, which they still do. They direct some of their traffic to Amazon to spike the algorithm to go and start getting some of the organic sales. Why not use the brand to leverage, right? The sales and all the things that you can do to really get yourself seen and noticed on Amazon or whatever platform we're using. Right. So that's the cool thing. And that's really what I want to highlight here. The other thing I'm going to highlight is sometimes you overthink things or sometimes you overcomplicate things or sometimes you rely on tools to give you the answers or someone else. All right. You really need to like, you know, Amon said you have to sometimes just trust yourself and also understand what it will take and what's the risk. But I really want to go back to basics really quickly. And that's why in the last episode, 473, I gave you guys that 24-hour challenge. Hopefully you did that. If you did not, go and do that now. Like totally free. Like it will get you like really far in this process. And it'll get you some clarity and it'll it'll allow you to see how you do that. All right. Now, for those of you that do want to have a little bit more coaching in this or a little bit more help through this process. 
we are doing a product discovery bootcamp, something we just started. We're actually going to be uh, having our first class go through this right now as kind of a beta because we're going to kind of feel it out. We're going to see what we need to do differently or how we need to teach it. Or maybe we're going to get feedback from you know some of the students and we'll readdress certain areas. But it's really a way for us to take you through the entire process, all right, from really understanding how to find these opportunities, but then also how to look at a market and then how to see what products are served, how to find the market that has, you know, more reach and more potential, like all of these things that are through that validation process. And then from there, actually going out and doing the final validation, which is finding a supplier, seeing if that makes sense, ordering samples, and then from there deciding yes or no. Um, we're going to be doing this live through this product discovery bootcamp. If you're interested, I would invite you to come over and check it out. If we are, if we're still open, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, it will be closed after the first class just because we want to, we want to really go through it with them to make sure that everything we are teaching, everything that we're going through is going to be helpful. And if we need to tweak anything, we can do that. If you're listening to this after we open and it's open to the public, you're more than welcome to join. But head over to productdiscoverybootcamp.com. You'll get all the information, all the details there. And uh, and again, this might be something that you need just to get you through this phase because if we can get you through that phase, we can get you launched, we can get you started to starting to build a brand. All right? And that is the ultimate goal here. All right, guys. So that is going to wrap up this episode. This episode is 474, theamazingseller.com forward slash 474 for the show notes transcripts, all that stuff. And definitely go check out 473, which I'll also link up here because that is your 24 hour challenge. All right, guys. So that's it. That's going to wrap up this episode. Remember, as always, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you, but you have to, you have to come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud, take action. Have an awesome, amazing day. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode.